Hey everybody, want to tell you about the We Call It Soccer live show coming live to show. Blackheart of St. Paul on November 8th. That's a Thursday, th- 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 Thursday, Thursday. At 7 p.m. We expect festivities to continue till about 9. And uh, joining the three of us on stage are going to be two far smarter people. Megan Ryan, sports journalist with the Star Tribune Megan and... Megan Ryan! <laughs> and Bridget McDowell from MLS Female. Bridget McDowell! Yeah, so you should you should come join us. It's going to be free. It's going to be in the back room of Blackheart of St. Paul on University Avenue. So see you there soon. Back room! Welcome to We Call It Soccer, a podcast by two United fans. I'm Caleb. I'm Colin. And I'm Notch. This week, Toronto beat Atlanta 4-1. And then Toronto beat Atlanta 4-1. And finally, Toronto beat Atlanta (laughs) (laughs) 4-1. Nick, that's Mike. That's Mike. Welcome to a new episode of We Call It Soccer. Before anything else, you had an announcement called. We have a live show, we have a live show, we have a live show. With special guest panelists as yes, well. Yes, indeed. Megan Ryan from the Star Tribune, Bridget McDowell from MLS Female. Which, I gotta I, say... I'm, I'm trying to just do announcements here. This is important stuff. We can't also, be making also, fun of it. Kirby Smith, you missed class, so you got detention. Uh, more announcements. Like uh, after year will be closed until future notice. Whoever keeps putting uh, mud into the slots of the vending machines, please stop. It's not funny. Um, whoever puts maltitol into the lemonade, um, please report to the uh, school liaison the officer. The lemonade? I don't want to know. Yeah. Oh, you guys haven't seen American Vandal yet. <laughs> oh man! I've seen Please the, watch it. Oh, I've seen the first like it. two episodes of season two, but then I stopped. Don't stop. Believe Just thinking about tomorrow. <laughs> oh, sorry. Every vote. <clears throat> okay. 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 Uh, you, so, so we ask a question each week. We should go with what's your favorite "Don't Stop" song. No, I'm gonna go I'm, with what's your favorite Netflix original of the moment. We're branded by the way. Oh. Totally sponsored. <laughs> uh, Big so Mouth. episode sponsored by Netflix. <laughs> Um, I do love all the stand-up specials, but Big Mouth is my favorite like series. Yeah, I don't know. I've not heard of that one. Oh my god! It's an no. a- animated show uh, created by Nick Kroll and his writing partner, and um, it's about them growing up and going through puberty. And it's really funny. Isn't Nick Kroll's partner Amy Poehler? His, his writing partner. Writing partner. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I don't think they're together anymore. They're not? I don't think so. I think that's going to break Ariel's heart. We were just watching Parks and Rec the other day. She's like, that's Amy Poehler's partner. And yeah. Well, yeah. we just won't tell her. Okay. All right. Yeah. It's not like she, she listens listen. anyway. Exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with the Prime original just because I'm going to mix it up. Uh, Man in the High Castle season three. I just started watching. I'm not going to say it. Why I'm are just... you watching the news when you're trying to watch a fictional television <laughs> show? Like, honestly, that's why oh, I have not watched Man in the Iron Castle yet. I, I, I watch TV I to escape. Cry. I laugh because I can't cry. Um, I would say American Vandal, except for it got canceled by Netflix like a week ago. 
they're not doing season three on Netflix, and it makes me really angry. So, I've only heard good things about that show, which means, I mean, obviously Netflix would cancel it. So, yeah. Well, speaking of canceled, so is the rest of our hometown soccer team's season because they didn't make the playoffs. And let's talk about them in the segment that we call United Passions. Our sport has a bright future ahead. In United Passions, we talk about the United we are most passionate about, Minnesota United FC, who played Columbus this week in a new saved mode. You think you think now that Columbus crew, I mean, they were saved before the game. So do you think we can load that save and then go back and play it again? No, the, the game's over now. You can't go back yeah. and change anything. Yeah, okay. you, you realize this is like real life rather than video game world. Whatever Netflix show has time travel, probably a whole bunch, honestly, <laughs> multiple. Yeah. Oh, well, well, let's time travel back to a time when Minnesota United lost two goals to three to Columbus to a Giassi Zardes hat trick. No less fucking Giassi Zardes. 19 goals. 19 goals this season, zero assists. He totally listens to us because we were, this time last year, we were taking his case for Because he was terrible. Yeah, and... uh, he played the last game of the season as a right back. He should be come back to the player of the year. And I don't think there's anyone I, I, there's no one I can think of that even comes close to what he's done. I was going to say Alexander, but that was last year. That's yeah, that was last year. He's, he's good. He's at Real Madrid now, which isn't going so well for him I guess, in real life. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is like last year. I chose to put Alex Hunter into Bayern. And oh. the manager introducing him was Carlo Ancelotti. <laughs> no. Oh, I got, awkward. I got oh. Alex Hunter to Real Madrid. The manager introducing him is Julian Lopetegui. So, uh, not not very good for Alex Hunter, but good for Giassi Zardes, scoring three goals against Minnesota. Uh, punctuated, I should say, by two goals from El Capitan Francisco Calvo, who has solved our striker problems for next year. Yeah. Put him yep. up. A left back scoring like a striker. We've seen that before in Minnesota. R.I.P. R.I.P. J.D. He's not, he's alive. Right? Yeah, he's in the playoff. Well, didn't no, they didn't yeah, they're already out. Ah, uh, perfect. Good. They'll be promoted from the bottom of the league. Good, good, good stuff. Good stuff, USL. Yeah, but I mean, okay. I want to just be like, this sucked. It was awful. But we had two goals, and they were they were fun goals. Yeah, they the were fun first goals. one was well taken yeah. by Frey Pedestal to trap the ball with his chest and then hit on the half volley straight into the net. Beautiful. Turning around, no less. Second goal was just a defensive mistake by Thomas. It's really nice when the other team does that. It's so much nicer when yeah. they do that and we don't, because we did it, what, three times? Yeah, three times. Three times indeed. Um, can Michael Boxel figure out a way to keep himself ball side of a the best scorer on a team. What about Michael Boxel ball sack? <laughs> That's not something I want to think about anymore. Like <laughs> early in the season, I could entertain it, but not not right now. Yeah, I mean, I think we have to discuss the fact that something we've been talking about probably since 2014, 15. Minnesota United's defense sucks. It has perpetually sucked. There has never been a good Minnesota United defense that I've seen. Yeah. And it, it's not because of the players being abjectly terrible all the time. It's just that they make so many stupid mistakes. Yeah, I mean, like, how hard is it to get a coach who can marshal a defense and, like, take these guys? I mean, Boxel is not a terrible player. No, we've seen him no. play fantastically. It- 
in spurts this season. Yeah. Same with Coleman. I would argue. Coleman. Yeah. Coleman, Same with Calvo. Yeah. Same with Calvo's definitely been a lot better since he was the left hand side as a left back, and he has excelled there. Yeah, I mean, he he was the guy who got smoked on the third goal from Zardes. Yeah, there was he might have been thinking that they were holding an offensive uh, offensive uh, offside line uh, offside trap for Columbus. Communication is a big thing that doesn't happen in this defense that needs to start happening. I don't know why it's not happening, but it should be. There's no real vocal leader on the back line. Well, and, and this is this is the thing which makes me question the coaching, which is that why that's the coach's job to foster that. Yeah. You yeah, have that is. some kind of system beyond saying three-year plan into microphones. Some sort three of... Plan. Yeah, stop saying a microphone. Start saying it to mirrors and it'll appear. <laughs> oh, come on, Adrian. You should know this. It's like seventh grade logic. Come on. Three is there in the title of the plan. We, we, I, I like that you made a Beetlejuice reference though, right there because it's Halloween and we should be making all sorts of spooky, scary references. Uh... Three points. Adrian so, Heath. Uh, he's back next year. No, why? Ah, the humanity. I was going to say three points to whoever shoehorns werewolf bar mitzvah into this somewhere. <laughs> but uh, So, okay. Get, getting back to the game. There was a lightning delay. Our dark Spooky, clouds. scary. Nice. Thank you. That's good. Uh, that's actually not bad. And our supporters who had traveled to the game, which there were a fair few, were marshaled literally into a pen uh, inside the stadium as everyone left. They were separated from the Columbus fans. Our vicious, vicious uh, wonder wall was uh, protected. Including um, producer Nick, as well as Andrew Lovkin's baby. Yeah. Like, that baby is fucking frightening. That baby has seen more hardcore weather at a at a soccer game than I ever have. Uh, maybe that Atlanta home opener excluded. But <clears throat> that baby is now going to show up to games with a little bandana in front of its mouth holding a smoke bomb and start, like, punching people. <laughs> a little teardrop tattoo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It makes bad rap. Okay. Producer Nick is still in Columbus, so I'm going to be producing this episode if you see a, uh, a precipitous drop in quality. And uh, so are many of our other travelers who sent back photos with the team at the airport and such. I've seen I've seen Jim Chris posed with Ibsen. And I'm going to do whatever I can to avoid having to go back to talking about this game. So if you all want to do that, you should help me out. Right I now. mean, there's not much to talk about. No. We talked it, about it was, the goals. Jazz Yard destroyed three. Yeah, it, it, um, was, it was. And Calvo had two bad. It was the same sort of bad performance that we've had all year. So um, this, we are, you could have just listened to all of our episodes and you have come to just at this. Our, uh, this game means that we ended the season the same way we started it, 3-2 loss away, and how we ended last season with a 3-2 loss away. I think we're in the final stage of acceptance in our grief. Yeah. yeah. You haven't accepted the fact that we're a bad team yet. Like No, I said that a long time ago. Yeah, I that like why did they do I was, I was in anger. You know, I was in anger for a long... Because they yeah. see this, this, this is stages true. can you be like changed around. You were definitely in anger. Yeah, and I think I think there were some things this week that really like calmed me a lot, which we'll get to in our next segment. But <laughs> all right, let's move on to our next segment, which we call the top step. But the cream rise to the top, oh yeah! In the top step, we covered the latest news from America's Division One leagues. Well, the NWSL season has ended. Any news bullets from that league that are no. relevant this week? No, I guess not. So let's move on to Major League Soccer, which had hashtag decision day which is a dumb name for the final day of the season i mean it, it's, it's called accurate that every but all around the 
It's called, called that in other leagues, isn't it? Final day? Or is, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, kind of, actually. Yeah, I, think I think the EPL does it. EPL does it, I think. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. But, but uh, if, uh, if two teams who play each other already have their states, fates sealed and they come to a nil-nil draw, did the game ever even happen? No, there was no decisions made. Okay, yeah, then yeah. DC. Chicago and DC didn't play this week, I guess. So, moving on. <laughs> I mean, it, it makes sense given the fact that the Chicago supporters are like completely boycotting the team now so yeah that's uh they're they're kicking it up a notch you should go and see the section 8's uh twitter feed to see what happens when things really break down between supporters and their team hey speaking of things breaking down between their supporters and their teams colorado played fc dallas centennial 38 walking out of this game after displaying their tifo which was by the way uh punctuated with graves uh featuring all of their losses as well, so it was kind of a sad deal. This was Colorado's uh, supporters group. Correct. Yeah. Yes, Colorado hosted FC That's Dallas. a lot of gravestones. Yeah. Uh, like, no, none of them had Minnesota I, on it. Yeah, I was going to say that. And what what happened was that there was a Latino supporters group. By the way, this is somewhat hearsay. Uh, I have not read a news article on this so far, but uh, so take this for what it is. There was a Latino supporters group that popped smoke in the parking lot According to C38, this has happened before with other supporters groups uh, and nothing has gone wrong. But however, with now with the Latino fans doing it, C30, uh, Colorado security stepped in and there were some happenings. Some some supporters from this Latino group weren't allowed in the stadium. Some were, but they were kept in a secluded area. The rest of C38 evacuated their section to go over to where these other people were and it's it's becoming kind of a drawn out thing there hasn't as far as i've seen been a big public statement or anything like that yet but uh not great bob not great don't remind me of bob right now okay he wasn't that good in this game yet again or this season Right. Well, Rapids versus Dallas ended two goals to one to to Colorado winning. So what? let me no more gravestones. So let me ask this for the last time this year and probably ever. Hey guys, is our Colorado good? No. Still no. Okay. No. No. Um, oh, man. No. No. Well, FC Dallas, what a fall from grace. They were at the top of the Western Conference in late September, but now they are in fourth. Bum bum bum. It's yeah, fall from it's grace. still a home game uh, in the third playoffs. Yeah, they're playing. It's really not that good. Uh, Cole Bassett started in his first home start for Colorado. He's a homegrown player. Seventeen, maybe should have played sooner than this. Yeah, just a thought. Maybe, possibly. Tommy Smith scores the winner for Colorado. I John Pascarella him. is so upset. Rudy scores for Dallas. All right, let's move on to SKC LAFC, which. This game was put on to the screens at Blackheart St. Paul when um, our game, Minnesota United game, went into a lightning delay and everybody in the bar went, whoa, when Espinosa scored. Yeah, Thunder Bastard. Yeah, incredible shot. Thunder Bastards, yeah. Beautifully placed a, from from just outside the box. You just go, I mean, this is, this is I think, goal of the week, that one. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I, think I, can't, so. I can't think yeah. of a better one. There's, Maybe Gio's the, yeah. the one that he puts past Gazan. Yeah, that one yeah, was pretty good. Gio's is pretty good. I think it's up between those two. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, this game ended 2-1 to Ooh. SKC. And Tim Melia. Holy is, crap. I, he, Tim Melia is a man with zero U.S. caps. 
and that is a crime. This dude plucked a ball from, I mean, just way far from him in the middle of the air. He just, he just like grabbed it out of the, the, the air. It's, it's incredible. Like, I don't know how he got to that ball. Just, just I mean, the, it, SKC are playing really well at the moment, and it's kind of scary. Yeah, uh, it's not surprising that he, I believe, was the only goalkeeper nominated for MVP this year. Yeah. Man, He's probably not the only goalkeeper of the year, but... I mean, he'll be in the conversation about it. Uh, Seth Novich was sent off for blocking a Diomande header with his arm at the near post, or at standing next to the post on the goal line. Yeah, yeah, he was uh, holding onto the post. It took, and it hit it his took arm. us a few looks at it to even see that it hit him in the post, in the hand. It looked like it hit him right in the chest area, the way he reacted. Also, it's worth mentioning, Dio was maybe a <laughs> foot and a half away from Sinovich. Yeah. yeah. And it was a strong header, too. Yeah, really just tragic. It looked like a really great goal line uh, stop, but it wasn't. Shallowy finished a brilliant game winner. To, to seal this up and give SKC the Western Conference title. His third game winner in a row. Ah, oh, that guy's good. He's on a hot streak. LAFC getting their dreams dash. <laughs> hey, quick quick question. So Christian Ramirez last week wasn't even on the bench for LAFC. This week he was back on the bench, but hasn't featured, hasn't played any minutes since those two games that he was in earlier. What kind of team pays a million dollars for a guy who's not playing? And, and is there any reason why? A, a team that has more money than God and... An embarrassment of riches at yeah, Striker. and felt like they might as well spend money that they have. It's well, almost like a team that has resources available can afford to have multiple high-paid strikers. When they traded for him, uh, Marco Reina hadn't stored them MLS yet, and their top striker, uh, Diamande, had gone down with injury. So it might have been a, a, a buy in... Like in necessity for LAFC. And just a reminder, he did score two goals in the second game. True. His first start for and, and I mean, LAFC. As, as you were saying, Reina <clears throat> has been doing quite well since then. He's uh, got back on track. He's scored, what, twice? Three times now? Since uh, once, maybe. Uh, and, well, I, I know been... for a fact that he leads the league in, or, well, is bottom of the league in... Um, Goals minus expected goals. Right. So that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if there's a long ex- a playoff game with extra time, I'd watch for Ramirez getting sent on ahead of Verena for Diamande if he is gassed. I'd, yeah. We'll see what the offseason brings. All right. In the first big game of this week, that kind of um, dash hopes, decisions were made, I should say. <laughs> LA Galaxy played Houston, who, again, Houston away from home. Caleb, you going so far to say, I don't even remember looking at these Houston away kits, which, I mean... It's it was those... a mystery to me. I thought they just brought them out for the new, for right. the last game. And, and I mean, this this is the thing. Houston away are so forgettable that y- you you really don't... It's, it's kind of a gimme game. Turns out it wasn't because LA went up 2-0 before the half and then threw this game away. Uh, 3-2. We first need to talk about Ola Kamara's celebration for the first goal. <laughs> do we? Do we really? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Because <laughs> it's a running joke in this podcast. Yeah. And so it deems that we have to talk about yeah. it. It reads, and I quote, holy shit, he nippled the mish. If you're a new listener, 
Sorry, I'm not explaining that one to you. Just go back and listen to some Marvel <laughs> episodes. Trust me, it's not worth it. But and it's <laughs> worth it. And Olakamara scoring a second goal. Why isn't the commentator there going with, say a lot to my little friend? I mean, that would be really good. Like, why Why not? Like, he, he, was, be- he was on the screen because with Because he's Zlatan. not clever, I guess? Yeah. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, probably yeah. not. Cal Williams would have got it. Yeah, that... that uh, this is the LA Galaxy also announcer who sounds like he's holding his news the whole time. But uh, a <laughs> <laughs> lot of always uh, has a cold. A lot of helium in LA. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> yes. Um, the last thirty minutes, though. Yeah. Uh, utter collapse. Houston, powered by their brand new jerseys they never wore before this game. Which actually looks pretty nice, I must add. It's, the, <laughs> it's I think they're Astros like throwback it or something. If I'm not, it looks like it. Yeah, uh, Giotto nutmegs two Galaxy players on the first goal. Uh, Felcher and Steris. Sometimes when the void Steris at you, or when you st- I put that up. God damn it! <laughs> Sometimes you Steris at the void. The void Steris is back. God damn it! Then AJ Delagarza went down for a penalty, and all of us were like, we should watch that again. Let's see what happens. And then that's when you see Alessandrini giving him a karate kick to the chest. I mean, like... No, that that was, like, straight-up spleen. I, I'm surprised that AJ Delagarza hasn't bled out yet. You just saw him, like... really slow. Alessandrini, like, tucked away his, like, Cobra Kai uniform underneath his jersey. So, no, no one saw that, right? No one saw that? <laughs> And so they get the, the Houston gets a penalty for the equalizer, and then Manotas, who else, with the winner? Uh, Pena, moron, his team's winning this game, and in stoppage time, which by the way, this is nine minutes of stoppage time, so something went wrong, and something snapped for Pena. I can only assume that it was Delagarza, like somehow trying rising to- back from the dead. It took <laughs> nine minutes. Tr- trying to make sure his ribs weren't split and like. Multiple parts in his chest cavity. I mean, it's, I think it's the first two parts of one of these kid like karate movies, right? In the first one, the like strong guy like beats one of your team, and then later one of your guys tries to like hit back, which Pena hit Jonathan Dos Santos in the back of the head, but it just comes off like a little weak like thing, and then you kind of, and it's your team that gets screwed. We haven't seen the revenge basically, although maybe them Houston winning is the revenge when I they finally God. come back and kill the bullies. Next year, you can see Edge Del Garza. Right before kickoff, just tie a band around his forehead, <laughs> tie behind his head, and just point at uh, Alison Drini, uh, and then the, crane kick him in the face. Anyway, the Galaxy players look devastated after this game. They looked like the world had ended. Ibra and the Dos Santos uh, brothers both skipping their post match interviews. Uh, special Lechet, Lechet, yeah, Lechet, yeah, Lechet, Lechet. Do Lechet quit? He uh, missed an, an open header at the far post late. Yep. Stop it. Agonizing for him. He met with media. Yeah. I just want to point that out. Uh, you know, I mean, to be fair, the Dos Santi, the Cuatro Santos. Dos, 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 yeah. I like Dos Santi. It the, sounds like we're. The Dos Santi and Ibra aren't being paid enough to, to appear with the press. Okay. <laughs> New England played Montreal. Diego Fagundas became the youngest player to score 50 gold at 23 years and 254 days to give New England the 1 0 win. And then his dad went on Twitter and said, saying that apparently that. Would be his final game for the Revs. Thanks, Dad. Good job. New York City. Hold on. Well, yeah, I wrote a really good joke in this one. It's his last name for the Revolution. No word on if he'll join the time. Oh, eo, eo. New York City FC <laughs> invited the Philadelphia Union over into their house in Yankee Stadium to only to beat him 3 1. 
but before we talk this, about this, this, this makes me very upset that they just, won this game. The game doesn't matter. Yeah, fuck, it happened. It, fuck this game. Doesn't matter. Both teams no playoffs, are already in the playoffs. The goals it's, happened. It's it, fine. I this, don't care. It's going to be a rematch in. We'll talk about one goal. Maybe <laughs> by the time that you see this. So the the thing I do want to mention though is that there are literal Nazis in the New York City FC supporters section, and I'm not going to say that they're the majority or anything like that, but. And, and when I say, like, literal Nazis, I don't mean, like, oh, my God, Caleb took this thing that I like. He's a Nazi. No, I mean, like, they have stickers I that say white no power on them and have Sieg Heils in their photos and stuff and pose with Totenkopf. Like, this is yeah. actual, like, actual Nazis. And this is a problem that has festered in the New York City FC supporter section for quite a while. This occurred in their Since the initial season in 2015 with Batalon 49. And it's kind of gone from there. I'm surprised that there aren't any mainstream press outlets reporting it because now it's kind of a verified fact through photographic evidence that members who rioted with the Proud Boys on October 12th are part of this group. So, like, a group that... I mean, some of these guys have been filmed on video shouting slurs, beating the crap out of innocent people. So, like... This is like clear cut, guys. There's no like. It's not like oh, they're just you know expressing their opinions or anything. This is these are like just really violent, yeah, fascist like, people, like and easily provable too. Like yeah, they're the wearing is there. They're wearing Chelsea headhunter scarves and like it's bad shit. So NYCFC needs to get their shit together because when a community recognizes that there is a problem, they can come together with their supporters, with their front office, and do something about it. If they don't recognizes a problem in the first place that's when nothing can happen and the problem festers for three years and then this happens so right and it to at least some of the supporters credit um there are factions within the nycfc supporters group that they don't have enough say because they're just a small group but they are calling on those people to get banned from the section and from nycfc games so hopefully it works there's a great article, I forget the outlet that's on, whether it's Howler or not, I can't remember, about how the Empire supporters, uh, the New York Red Bulls supporters group, the old school guys, managed to get rid of some Nazis who had started coming to MLS games in the 90s. So go read that about a history lesson. Some people saying that this was all. This used to also be a problem in DC United in the 90s and Barra Brava took care of it that time. So... I don't know the history in that one. I have read the article about New York Red Bulls, and it's kind of an interesting read about the early days of um, MLS supporters. So uh, New York City FC needs to take care of this. And, like, I mean, there's not much more to say beyond that. Well, anyway, getting back to this game, though, uh, two own goals from, well, one actual own goal from Austin Trusty, and then an attempted own goal that led to David Villa putting the ball in the net. Yeah, that own goal was, well, the almost own goal was insane because... I think it was, uh, I don't remember who shot the, was Medina who shot the, who shot on net. Trusty ran back to clear the ball off the line and cleared it into Raymond Dadis, who's also running back for Philadelphia off of his like shoulder. Bounced back, circulated around. Via had his initial shot saved by Andre Blake, who had returned to the goal after rushing out. And then Via just like, side-footed on the rebound back to the far post. It was just like a comedy of errors that led to a great goal by Villa that just yeah. was just like Yeah. It, it was it was like, like that, It was like that 
almost goal the Colorado had against the Loons. Only NYCFC has enough quality to put that away. Yeah. This was, I mean, I really, really enjoyed the sequence of play. There are, like, sequences of play when you're, like, soccer at its best. It's beautiful and, like, it's tactical and you really have to, like, pay attention and enjoy it. No, this was just brawling fun with two teams, like, bashing around in the box, I, like, pushing it was the ball like, around. A picked up game. They were just like, no, oh, the people are scrambling yeah. for a loose ball in the box that they just couldn't corral. Yeah, it was great. Sitting on the edge of your seat. Well, anyway, CJ Sapong got brought down by Sean Johnson in the box to give up a penalty, but unfortunately, this was not scored by Pico. More like fool Dufafa. <laughs> oh, <laughs> eo, eo. <laughs> New York Red Bulls getting a 1-0 win over Orlando. This only relevant thing to say here is that New York Red Bulls are now Supporter Shield winners because of a game we will talk about in just a little bit. And the new MLS record for goals conceded is 74 by, by Orlando. Orlando, not Minnesota. Thank you, Orlando. <laughs> also, New York Red Bulls beating Toronto FC's point total record from last year as well in this game. Pretty incredible if you ask me. Seattle coming up against San Jose. Unlike Minnesota United getting the win 2-1 for Seattle. Stefan Fry is the goalkeeper of the year. I know that you guys loved you love, some Timelia. Timelia. Stefan Fry has made all of those saves and then he's also made a bunch of routine ones and he's also done it in front of a defense that isn't all that great. Agreed to disagree. I mean, I think they're both they're the two best goalkeepers in the lead by far. Ibsen, that's who I'm <laughs> going with. Uh, no, oh, not. Do you want to tell him or should I tell him? <laughs> <laughs> what I will say though is that Rafael Ridiaz, man, this dude is. Uh, Colin will disagree with me that he's sneaky good, but he Colin will say he's just good. But I don't think he's been getting enough credit for how good he has been for a midseason signing. Came in in June. I think he took like just a little bit to get warmed up. He scored in his first game, didn't he? Yeah, he did. But yeah, <laughs> there was a little bit of a stretch there where he wasn't scoring That's right true. away. Yeah. Like he didn't get like Rooney, I feel like, came in and was just like banging it, putting bangers in. Ridas had just a little bit of an adjustment period. Yeah, I agree. He's been sneaky good. He's not as good as Rooney. Uh, they came around the same time, but Rudy has been consistent in scoring and also assisting for the Sounders. Not a lot of spotlight on him. He's not the, the big star. It's more like Lodero and Rodan for Seattle at the, at, at the moment. And Fry has been fantastic trying to take the spotlight away from Rudy Diaz, who has been sneaky good. I wonder how defenses in the playoffs are going to prepare for him. Does he? He's just so quick and lethal in the box on the ball yeah uh, how about I say this it's not that he hasn't been sneaky good I think people have given him adequate credit for how good he's been I think it's that he's been incorrectly overshadowed by Wayne Rooney which fair enough I, I, I think some of that's just the Rooney hype yeah he scored one in July one in August and then between September and August has eight goals so wait a minute, he went back in time to score those goals. Two scored nine. That actually is a lot more impressive than I thought. Yeah, and regardless of his time travel, he has scored <laughs> that many goals in just a half season in MLS. When he plays a full off season and then goes back in time to replay the off season and work more with this team. I, I just want to point out, I said October, and we were already recording that part, so I made a mistake the second time around. So too bad. Okay, all right, time travel, and then Caleb, but a very good point, a very, very, very good point. 
All right. Uh, About time travel. <laughs> yep. Uh, Seattle conceded only one goal in this game, and it was from Chad Marshall, who did not get the Veronica in this game and uh, gave the gamers the win. All right. That's a joke for very few of you. Does either Colin and I got it, or I got it until not I, I, his I kind of, I point. kind of understood it. I, I'm still confused a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, now put on the Barry White. Bring a few extra towels into the room. Get those hot naps and uh, get someone to massage you because Toronto, beautiful Toronto. I always trusted them. I knew that they would come through. <laughs> you know, I always trusted. They certainly came through. Yeah, and so did I. Gross. Toronto beating Atlanta United 4-1. <laughs> and and just, to, just to increase the ecstasy, Joseph Martinez missed a sitter in this game. I mean, it was just perfect. Off like, the post. Yeah, I mean, it was just... Mm, I, I mean, he, he did score a penalty. Yeah. But the best part of that penalty was the giant, fat, shirtless dude right behind the goal. <laughs> trying to psych him Chunky. out. Chunky. Curvy, uh, curvy Toronto. Let's you be know, a little more nice than just, Toronto says. Let's, is, let's just say he had a little bit too much poutine in his life. <laughs> no, sorry, there's too much poutine, my friend. Yeah, some Russians <laughs> might disagree as they're falling out of balconies. Okay, uh, moving on to talking about... <laughs> talking about uh, Atlanta losing. <laughs> Guzan. <laughs> all four goals were crosses across Guzan. Uh, well, the last goal was... Didn't cross... Across, cross across him, but he yeah. thought it was going to and looked foolish on Gio's goal. Yeah, it was beautiful. Gio managing to get that <clears> little <throat> dink into the net. Hansen scoring, Delgado scoring. I mean, I could just keep going. I want to just keep saying Toronto 4, Atlanta 1 until I climax. Like, that's, I mean, that's all I want. Dude, you already have seven times. I don't know where to sit anymore. I don't else know what's clean. in there. Don't anymore. bring a black light into this room. And I also want to point out that this time last year, Minnesota United brought me to a similar level of happiness by beating Atlanta. I just love this. All I now want is Atlanta getting knocked out of the playoffs in their first game. Please, Tata Martino, give me that one present for my thanks Halloween-mas. You do realize that they're through the semis. They play a two-legged semifinal. Damn it. Fuck. Why didn't you tell me this before? I expect that you know things sometimes. Look, he's going to get nine red cards, and then uh, that's how they lose. Yeah, see, one game. They can't feel the squad. And then Atlanta United 2 also gets nine red cards uh, off the pitch. And they're all gone. Harrison Heath doesn't play for Atlanta anymore. That's true. Damn it. Shit. Foiled. That's like that meme with the guy from Despicable Me who's, like, explaining his plan. And then, like, <laughs> the, the, the one where he, like, realizes his mistake is Harrison Heat doesn't play for Atlanta anymore. Okay, anyway, uh, moving on. Let's talk about Vancouver playing Portland. We are all lucky to be in a world where Alfonso, Alfonso Davies spent time knocking in goals for the Whitecaps. In his last game for Vancouver before moving to Bayern Munich, he scored a brace, including the winner. In, like, five winner. minutes, no less. Yeah, it He's just such a great talent. I'm looking forward to him playing, hopefully getting time in a Bayern team um, that is in second right now behind Dortmund, behind Christian Pulisic's Dortmund. Now it's yep. going to be America versus Canada when they... In a, <laughs> yes, that that is entirely what the all I'm talk uh, about. Yep. Classicer is going to turn into, yep. America versus Canada. In Germany. 
Yeah. Nico Kovac, the Bayern coach, coming out this week and saying, of course, getting asked in the in the wake of this game uh, about Davies' status when he comes over to Bayern. And he, Nico Kovac saying that he's going to be training with the first team immediately and hopefully getting time with them soon as well. You don't sign someone for that much to put him on the bench. All right. With that aside, Christian Ramirez. <laughs> Ooh, ugh, loosening my collar right now. Oh, woof. All right, with that, it's time for us to take a break. We shall tighten our collars back up and come back to you with news from the rest of the world and the USL. Welcome back to Week All Soccer. Forgot to mention before that Minnesota United's Colin Martin managed to win a... 2018 Courage Award, awarded by Sports Minneapolis, and uh, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to see one of our players kind of excelling and kind of being an inspiration and, and doing really amazing things. It, it's it's kind of surreal, you know. You don't think someone who's playing soccer in front of you and your team is is going to be do- the guy like kind of blazing a trail through sports. Yeah, I. Uh... I am resisting all urge to be snarky about the team because this is legitimately awesome. Yeah, 100%. Well, we should also talk very quickly about your playoff brackets and get your predictions because those games are going to be in two days, so I'm not going to get another chance to ask you guys to uh, make predictions and then laugh and or cry, depending on whether you're right or you're wrong. <coughs> I don't know why I would cry if you're wrong. I just mm. I just, I just care you're, about your feelings. You're really invested right? in, the, in our... Self-esteem, aren't you? I am. I really am. For once. Thank you. That's very beautiful. All right. LAFC hosting RSL. LAFC. LAFC. Any any reasoning? Any, you know, like... LAFC jokes? has a <laughs> offense. <laughs> they can afford to keep Christian Ramirez on the bench. Controversial. Controversial. Yeah. <laughs> RSL is going to be rusty after having this weekend off. Or rest, rested. Uh, no, no, no. Okay. <laughs> FC Dallas versus Portland Timbers. Timbers traveling to Texas. Uh, Portland. Yeah, I'll go with that too. Yeah. Uh, their start. Their starters are rested. Going into the game, full with at a hundred percent. Spajan Blanco and Dave Valerio are too good for this Dallas defense. Um, Going forward, Dallas doesn't have a whole lot besides, outside of Iruti, who just started his first goal in like two months. Yeah. And they've lost three straight games as yeah, well. So their form, complete crap. lack of open play goals. Yeah. 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 Hey, and I, I should add my own predictions. I'm with you guys on both of these points so far. So I'm just going to jump on your bandwagons. Um, I was going to say jump on your paneas, but uh, I know a couple of people would be upset about that. He's not even playing in the playoffs. Like, <laughs> that's why I'd be mad. <laughs> All right. Hope, I'm glad Casey and Taylor don't listen to this either. New York City FC hosting Philadelphia Union again. I'm going to Philadelphia. Really? I just it? don't think that Torrance is their coach. NYCFC has been, has been terrible since he's come on. And I think Philadelphia is a better team. Uh, they'll do better at home against NYCFC. It's the way laid at at Yankee Stadium is going to be tough. I mean, it's it's a one game at. Never mind Philadelphia. Yeah. Still though, 
Um, I I'm gonna say go with the team that knows how to play on a really narrow field like that. NYCFC. I'm gonna go with um with with Philadelphia because Rocky's a good movie. Okay, DC United playing Columbus Crew. Greg Berhalter comes up against Wayne Rooney. Uh, Wayne Rooney. Yeah. Plaza. <laughs> Name a more dy- dynamic duo in MLS than uh, Wayne Rooney and Luci- Luciano Atosta. Gianni uh, Zardes and whoever other. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, I was, I was going to say Joseph Martinez and Miguel only run. Oh, that's too bad, too. It has only run so. <laughs> oh no, he's not playing right now. I'm so sad. He's gonna be back for the playoffs. That's what they're saying. Well, anyway, we should we should mention that. Uh, well, I should mention that this feels a lot like a banana peel game to me, where Columbus is gonna go in feeling like they're dead meat, and DC is gonna go in feeling like they're on top of the world, and it it could go sideways. But it's at Audi Field, so I don't know. I'm I'm in two two minds about this. I'm gonna go with DC though, just because I'm conventional. I like losing money on sports bets. <laughs> I have never bet on a sport in my life yet. I have lost significant sums of money on sport. I've never bet money on sports. When the fun stops, what have you bet stop. on sports? Food, like dinner. Okay, like <laughs> meals. I, I was worried. The, the, for a there are there are vast a places. Beer. There are there are vast places in yeah. northern Wisconsin that are very well fed every time the <laughs> the Packers play. So. <laughs> All right, uh, conference semifinals uh, coming up: SKC, Seattle Sounders, New York Red Bulls, and Atlanta United. Waiting, waiting for the results on this Wednesday to decide who they're going to. One of my favorite parts of on. this is that Seattle are going to host their home leg a little bit earlier than everyone else because apparently there is a massive Seattle International Car Show going on, and it's. Got centrally linked field booked up. Nice. That's. I mean, I, you still really can't top Quidditch, though. Like you can't top the fact that a Seattle Sounders game was ruined by Quidditch being played on their pitch before the game. Apparently, uh, apparently Amazon employee Quidditch. Apparently, fight and win doesn't actually apply to pitch time. No. no yeah. No, no. You you book in advance, <laughs> but. In advance! (laughs) (laughs) Alright, it's time for us to move into a segment that we call Get Low. It's time to get low and talk about our wrap-up of U.S. Lower League Soccer, which is provided every week by Nippon Chopra of website Sock Takes, which you should be reading for the best takes about the U.S. Lower Leagues. And also this week... They were at the Columbus Crew Minnesota United game. Yeah, Nippon was. So maybe he'll throw in some jabs about us. I don't know. We'll have to listen and see. Because like you, we don't actually listen to his segment until we record. So uh, we'll see We'll see what he says. Hello there. It's me again, Nippon Chopra, with the, the latest edition of a look around the lower division soccer of American soccer, or as the boys like to call it getting low getting down and getting low um before we start i have to say i watched uh, the minnesota united columbus crew game yesterday at marfrey stadium and uh, yeah um you guys suck <laughs> you guys suck just kidding it was a good game and you're being there and there were some moments um from minnesota united but i think the scoreline reflected what we saw on the pitch um and i think crew were deserved winners so uh, hoping to see more 
exciting stuff from Minnesota next year. Anyway, back to the lower leagues. Let's start with the USL Cup playoffs. Uh, we have had all four games. We now know who our conference finalists are uh, out in the West. Orange County beat Reno uh, 1-0 at home. Uh, the only goal came from Aiden Quinn. And honestly, while watching the game, I felt uh, that goal uh, changed the game in the sense that before that, Reno were in the ascendancy and looked the more likely of the teams to score. Aiden Quinn scores on a counterattack. And then OCSC really did dominate the game from that point on i think uh reno may have had like one more one shot after that 28th or 29th minute goal so uh orange county unlike the uh, semi-final where they won comfortably for nothing uh this was a game where they were very professional and made sure that they got the business done uh they will be playing phoenix uh, who beat swope 4-2 at home uh very probably the pick of the games of the weekend uh, it was 2-2 at halftime. Very entertaining match. Uh, Phoenix made a good account of themselves. Some serious problems, though, in that defense, especially uh, th- uh, when it comes to balls that are playing th- played through the middle. And that's something that Orange County will want to look at. Uh, but an issue that Orange County will face is that Didier Drogba continues to score in the playoff scenario. Uh, he scored the fourth goal in this game, a pretty easy tap-in. But... Uh, you know, you just cannot discount that level of comfort, uh, that level of knowledge and expertise in these high pressure games, having played in FA Cup finals and Champions League finals, etc. So, yeah, finalists Orange County Phoenix for next week. And I'm actually going to go with Orange County to win it. Uh, I expect Phoenix will come close, but I think Orange County is just a more complete team at this point. In the East, uh, we start with Louisville City beating Bethlehem Steel 2-0. Both goals came from Brian Ownby, a player that hasn't scored a bunch of goals this year. And of course, he scores two in a critical game against Bethlehem Steel. Uh, If you guys want to watch a team in lower division soccer, I would highly recommend Louisville City. Their style of football is fantastic. They play everything, almost everything along the ground. Uh, Play this they, they've played a 3-4-3, they've played a 4-3-3, uh, they've played a 4-4-2 diamond. Regardless of what formation they play, it's always the same. Passes along the ground, triangles all over the pitch, and it's beautiful to watch. They will come up against Red Bulls too, who upset FC Cincinnati at Nippert Stadium. Uh, when I say upset, it makes it sound as if FC Cincinnati should have won this game. They should not have won this game. Much like the semifinal where they were lucky to, sorry, the quarterfinal where they were lucky to go through um, on penalties, this match as well, Red Bulls 2 were the better team. Um, and for me watching this game, Red Bulls 2 were deserved winners and could have won by a bigger margin than the solitary goal. And in what is becoming a constant theme in the life of Alan Koch, he goes on and on about the refereeing. He goes on and on about the opposition teach, uh, cheating while the flaws are in his managerial decisions. Uh, for one, the substitutions he made, how late he waited. There are questions about why he started Tyler Gibson in midfield in this game and not someone like Richie Ryan, for example. Uh, so there, the questions should be asked about Alan Koch. 
And in a very Mourinho slash Donald Trump fashion, he tries to externalize the blame onto uh, the referee, of course, which is unfortunate. Not a lot of news this week, gentlemen. Oh, by the way, my, my uh, pick for the finalists between Lou City and Red Bulls 2 is Lou City. Um, this is going to be a rematch of last year's rematch, <laughs> which was uh, so three years in a row. We've had Lou City versus Red Bulls 2 as the finalists uh, in the East. So I'm going to go Lou City again this this year just a magnificent team to watch um not a lot of news this week it's been pretty usl playoff heavy the one bit of news i wanted to mention was that green bay will be joining the pdl uh which will now be known known as usl league two of course with an unofficial tie-up to madison pro soccer in league one uh, both teams will have the involvement of peter wilt of course peter wilt will be the gm of uh Madison Pro Soccer. I'm not exactly sure what his role is with Green Bay, but I know he's involved in it somehow. So uh, we'll be back next week and I will talk to you then. Thanks. Man, they put out some really specific insults about all of our mothers. That's really weird. They're accurate too. Like, yeah. Plus, like, general stuff. It was. How did he know that my mom's unemployed? I wasn't going to say anything, but. (laughs) Well, as, as you can tell, we haven't heard Nippon's segment yet because he hasn't sent it in to us at this very moment, but he will be sending it in a few minutes. I know that for a fact. So uh, whatever you heard, though, I'm sure was extremely insightful because I have to say it, the quality of our Get Low segment has got markedly better since Nippon was doing it. Yeah, so much better absolutely. than when I was just like vaguely scanning USL's website. Yeah. FC yeah, Cincinnati yeah. still doesn't want to play after. Yeah, which is something I'm sure he has mentioned. So know, it's it's funny how FC Cincinnati and Nashville SC are both going to MLS without uh, any sort of accolades in uh, in their Who's great that sound league like? this season. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we laugh because we can't cry, as I said before. All right, let's move on to and any other news that you sig- no, want to mention. Nope. Okay. All right. Let's move on to a segment that we call. The system only dreams in total let's get national and discuss latest from the United States national teams. Where. Uh, we've got the U-20 men's national team starting up World Cup qualifying tournament this week. Uh, it's happening down in Florida. Uh, the team's got some MLS players, uh, some that won't actually get released for this tournament, unfortunately. Uh, Jalen Lindsay from Sporting Kansas City is likely to get called back into his team because of Seth Sanovic's suspension. Okay, by the way, this is how you know these guys are really freaking young. They've got names like Jalen and Paxton. When, when, when We're going to see Skylar soon, I'm pretty sure. My nephew is named Skylar. He's f- five. Actually, no, he's six. Okay, I'm not... So that's even, even worse. I'm so. not going to insult a toddler. So I'm not going to do that right now. So I'm going to stop. Um, you've also got Mark McKenzie from Philly. Um, wait, 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 wait. Does your cousin like Atlanta United? Um, I don't know if he's ever heard of the state of Georgia. Okay, all right. He, he got away with it this time. That was the operative question. Yeah. Um, Mark McKenzie, I believe, won't be released until Philly are out of the playoffs. Uh, Matthew Real from... Uh, Philly is going to be with them too, as will Paxson Pomichol, who apparently has been released for the tournament. But we shall see. Keep your eye out for Manny Perez. He's a fullback that's quite likely to be a Generation Adidas signing, and if so, probably the number one pick in the draft. He sounds like a 
player that Minnesota should go for. Honestly, I don't know. That's just me. I pers- a, personally, I think he's more of a wing in the next level. Well, we know oh, that we need a left winger. So <laughs> it's weird to say that right now, but we need a left winger. Oh God! Oh God! His name's Manny too. Anyway. Oh my God! What's happening? <laughs> the women's team has mentioned senior team. I say has mentioned the squad for the friendlies against Scotland and Portugal. Um, some return call-ups. Uh, Jess McDonald comes back for the first time in a year. Daniel Colaprico comes back after a two-year layoff. Andy Sullivan uh, back for the first time since, I think, April, something like that. Um, there's also a first call-up to the senior team for UNC fullback Emily Fox. All right, it's now time to move into a segment that we call the Stiff Upper Leagues. What are you doing in England? Mind your own business. Which I always find this transition funny because our our episode format under this first subtitle literally says something about the English leagues, comma where proper footy happens. For all the other ones, it's like a nice little like summary of what the segment name means. This one is just like proper footy happens. Honestly, it was when I because like I had to redo our entire template for this and I just forgotten what our little <laughs> inner title was and Frappa footy was like the joke that was happening that day okay good well after uh, speaking of jokes um, something that there is no humor in and some and a story that has actually knocked in to me a, a, a certain appreciation for the whole Leicester City phenomenon of a few years ago. Their owner, Vichai Srivadana Prabha, was killed in a helicopter crash as he was flying out of the stadium. And I'll give it to Barry Glendening in Football Weekly for catching the the only kind of... not positive, but kind of... Um, maybe this... Poetic? The, the poetic piece of this, which is the last place that uh, Vichai stood on earth was the center circle at Leicester City Stadium um, before he got on the helicopter. Guys, until I until I listened to Football Weekly, until I read a few articles from The Guardian, from the BBC, just anywhere where people have written about this from the English press where he was well known. I feel like we don't have an appreciation for this in the, all the American stories about Leicester. This guy has been mentioned as kind of being the model team owner, someone who invested not only in his team, but in the community, giving to the university hospital, giving to other institutions in the area. Players have poured their hearts out in a way that you don't really see. You know, yeah, it, especially it, with these situations. Owners. Uh, Casper Schmeichel posted a very heartfelt message to um, the family of the deceased and kind of talked about how he talked to the owner at one point, just on the side of a training pitch and talk about nothing and everything at the same time. And I think we've all had those conversations, how special they are, even though you look back on them sometimes, you don't really remember what you're talking about. You just connected with that person so much. And that shows how, what an owner he was. He wasn't this oil baron who was above everybody and spending money like crazy. He was personable with the players and got to know them. And he was somebody that wanted to have a successful team. Like, he wanted to put in the emotional equity, the sweat equity, the monetary equity, no less. And he was successful at it. He wasn't in it for the fame. And this is, I think, the thing that kind of resonates with me, which you guys just mentioned, which is that this is, I mean, his whole attitude towards ownership, I think, for me, proves that it's not when we say, like, oh, foreign owners. Uh, I don't mean we, but, like, 
in general in football in the world it's it's starting to get to be a place where there's more foreign ownership of teams at the top level of most countries leagues i would say which which have top leagues you just can't afford to have exclusively domestic ownership anymore and we decry foreign owners much in the same way that we sometimes decry foreign immigrants and it's not an exclusive thing you can have a foreign owner who who is a model owner like vichai was and it's just the attitude that you take into the job and this guy i mean his contribution to the game is going to be really missed and i think what i I found to be the most beautiful tribute to him as a non-Leicester fan was he was the guy who made Leicester the world's second team. I don't think there were any of us that year. Uh, maybe even folks who were um, Man City fans that year saying, oh yeah, I don't want Leicester to win. I think everybody wanted Leicester to get that title and, and really just, just oh, bring yeah. it home. So um, anyway, we got to move on. We got to keep the show going. Got to keep making jokes about some of this soccer because that's what that's what y'all listening in are here for. But uh, very very sad event. All right, Liverpool playing Cardiff. Caleb, time for you to be really happy after after we just talk about that. Uh, let's talk about the Arsenal game first. <laughs> let's do that. Okay, I'll, I'll do I'll do my best. Uh, Mohamed uh, sophomore slump Salah, you know, just terrible sophomore uh, second year in the Premier League has had a goal and two assists in this game because you know he's really out of form, guys. It's just a uh, bomb. What a, uh, it's terrible. He's just not scoring. He's scoring, you know. Three goals this past three games. That's not the point. Uh, Mane with a brace. Uh, Shakiri and uh, Mane on the end of those two assists. Uh, great goals all around from Liverpool. Those from far going forward are fantastic. This was, but that one in from Cardiff. Uh, it was Liverpool's first goal conceded at Anfield since February. Sorry, Chelsea getting four against Burnley. The hell happened to Burnley this year? It's a um, bummer. They signed Joe Hart. Do you really want? Yeah. Is there any other answer to that? There's a really interesting theory about regression to the mean. Have you guys read about this? You like statistics. You probably oh, they, they yeah. definitely overperformed last year. Yeah, we often can say that. So, so I mean, this this is one of those classic examples where it's just they're just playing what they should be playing, like just like Leicester did after the year that they won the title. You know. Yeah, but Leicester at least gave it a good run in the Champions League. Yeah, they made the not a run. Also, Burnley didn't win the Premier League last year, so they had seven. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. But, <laughs> I mean, there, there's a difference between like Leicester's regression to the mean being last sixteen in the Champions League and Burnley being just not even in the trash gr- this year group stage at the Europa League. Not even making that. Free Sean Dyche. Free Sean. Okay. No. Uh, C- Crystal Palace played Arsenal, getting the two-two draw against the Gunners. Emery out. I mean, it should it, be. It had to happen sometime, right? It, 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 it Regression to the meat. <laughs> they they should have lost. Honestly, yes. They should have lost this game. They absolutely should have lost uh, this game. Um, uh, yeah, you don't worry. It's your team. I mean, uh, on one hand, they played terribly in the first half. They let off a penalty. Deserved to be down at least 1-0 at halftime. And then Grant Chaka scores an absolute stunner. And then Alexander Lacazette has the perfect setup for Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Granted, it, it's not a legal setup in the game of soccer, but it was so perfect. He uh, threw his hand over his head and tipped the ball to awaiting Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. And, but until uh, until they institute VAR in the Premier League, I will take the fuck out <laughs> oh yeah, of those you goals. You shouldn't be ashamed of t- I, being happy I will about that. be so no. happy to get 
all of those until VAR happens. And then, of course, justice does actually take place when Granite Chaka, playing as a left back, takes somebody down the box and gives up a last minute point. And programming alert, this weekend is the something annual retail soccer derby. Liverpool, Arsenal playing this weekend. And please keep playing Zaka as a left pack this weekend. No, please, no. please do that. You're you gotta, you guys got to tell me where you're all going to watch that. That's so. a good oh, question. We I'll haven't be decided in Wisconsin, yet. so... Actually, I'll be in northern Minnesota, so... I <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll just... I will be watching this at home. <laughs> we'll FaceTime. We'll FaceTime. <laughs> Manchester United playing Everton, getting the 2-1 win off uh, uh, a uh, controversial penalty. Controversial in how slowly it was taken, or... Well, some people saying that that wasn't a penalty, and others not... I mean, that's why I'm, I'm explaining no, what controversy it, is. It, yeah. it, was, it was a penalty, but... The the controversy is probably the fact that Usain Bolt took his record-winning 100-meter dash faster than Paul Pogba took that penalty. I mean, so just just to give you that, I mean, Ghana takes down Martial, and it's not necessarily like he can... Anyway. I thought he got the ball first, yeah. but... Well, Paul Pogba makes that slow-ass run-up that you were talking about, which puts Zaza to, to like, shame. And he misses... But the rebound comes right back to him, and he buries it. And Pitford saved that, correct? I mean, he, he must have, because otherwise it would have been illegal from Pogba to touch it. But I, on first glance, it hit off the post and back to him. So, <sighs> yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty comical. Tottenham, speaking of comical, losing one nil to Manchester City today. <laughs> on, well, I mean, that's funny enough. This is true. I, I will I will admit that we we do get a nice laugh every time Spurs lose here at We Call It Soccer. But this game happened at Gillette Stadium. Did you guys know that? First Premier League game to be played in America. I thought it was at a other NFL stadium. I can't think of one right now. <laughs> Top late. of my head. Yeah. U.S. Bank Stadium. I don't know, man. But there was definitely some NFL marking. I mean, there was the a pitch. huge NFL logo at center field uh, because there had been NFL games for the last three uh, weeks at Beverly. because... Tottenham's uh, construction on their new stadium has been delayed yet again until <laughs> next season because they can't do anything right. They're definitely not fucking idiots. They're definitely not under budget or even on budget at this point. They are just it's just embarrassing how this construction has gone on. Read some articles about it. It's the way that's been constructed has been kind of unprofessional. Yeah, I'm just thinking MLS is never going to catch up to the top leagues until we stop having football lines on our soccer fields. Okay, <laughs> moving along to segment that oh, we call... Oh, let's yes. go back. Uh, Mara scored. Riyad Mahrez, former Leicester player, scored in the sixth minute, uh, dedicated the goal, the goal to uh, Vichai. So that's that's a nice moment. Yeah. We should recognize. 100%. Okay, let's move on now to a segment that we call... They don't call it soccer in brackets. Some do, though. But we talk about soccer from the rest of the world that we haven't talked about yet. Uh, first up, Champions League. Any results you'll want to talk about? Uh, Juve 1, Manchester United 0. Adult traffic. That's pretty embarrassing for Mr. Mourinho. It seemed like the only good thing going for him was maybe trying to do something in the Champions League. Not so much. Yeah. Uh, Hoffenheim dying Leon 3-3. Uh, Precourt Sports Ventures getting the 2-2 tie against Tottenham. Spurs with one point in three games in Group B. Yeah, good for PSV. Europa League's happenings. Um, Arsenal, why, why, why do we care about this? Arsenal at that point had <laughs> kept up their, uh, 
their winning ways. Uh, their 11th in a row was a 1-0 win over Sporting Lisbon. I also had RB Leipzig with a 2-0 win over Celtic. Uh, take that Celtic and whoever your manager is. I don't even know. Speaking of managers, I'm talking about El Clasico from La Liga, which was, I believe, the first one since, what was it, 2004 without Messi or Ronaldo? It's early 2000s for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, long it, time. It's been a while. Yeah. Uh, this game, I think, 5-1 to Barca, which was uh, enough for Real Madrid to put out that ye old comunicado oficial this morning, firing Julian Lopetegui, finally putting him out of his misery. Uh, 14 points out of 30, which at Real Madrid is not enough. Uh, and it's not enough for pretty much anyone, but... You say that, but cue Minnesota United CEO Chris Wright. Oh, that'd be like... Adrian C- Heath to Real Madrid. I'd be like a C-plus Adrian for Adrian. Heath to Real Madrid. That's a C-plus in Wright's book. Uh, Luis Suarez with a hat, with three goals stored, hat-trick, uh, zero other opposing players bitten, so good running for him. Yep. And then Felipe Coutinho and Arturo Vidal with the other goals for uh, Barcelona. Also a great stat here is Sergio Ramos now the illusionist player in the El Clasico which is that guy. great oh just that take guy. that stat and inject into my veins <laughs> the surprise outfit of La Liga Alaves continued their run 2-1 win over Villarreal Sevilla with a 2-1 win over Huesca as well and then with the Bundesliga, Bayern won against Mainz Dortmund drew Hertha 2-2 one quick note about the Mainz-Bayern Daryl Shore from uh, Madison Pro Soccer, possible Minnesota United affiliate next year, in attendance for that game while he was scouting in Germany. He was studying the Bayern game for Madison Pro Soccer. I mean, I have some pretty lofty goals, but that's just... I mean... Did he also go to Beyonce concert and ask if she wanted to go to dinner later? I don't know what's happened. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, All what I'm saying... Is that there's somebody vaguely associated with Minnesota United that was scouting Bayern. Like, let, let's let's enjoy that for a second. All right. Okay. Uh, there, was, there was a clash with police with the Dortmund Hertha game. Uh, Hertha Ultras clash with police. Um, I don't know more about that. Is it before or after the game, Colin? <laughs> um, it, it, was, it was before and a little bit of afters as well, but... It, it just had not good situation. It was another one of those kind of cosplayish hooligan sort of nonsense yeah. things. It sucks. Hoffenheim p- played Stuttgart, who were playing a man down for more than 80 minutes and lost 4-0. Hoffenheim getting the win. Leverkusen knocking six goals against Werder Bremen. Um, Claudio Pizarro is 40 years old and scored in this game. He probably needed to score seven, but he scored, so good, I, good for him. I grew up watching Pizarro play. I'm kind of stunned that he's still playing. Um, that's crazy. Just remember, he's blocking Josh Sargent. In Liga, PSG won against Marseille. Scoreless for 65 minutes until Mbappe. Hansen's it up on the pitch and scores that M goal. <laughs> and, uh, oh, God damn it. No. <laughs> Monaco... Uh, Putting some Dijon mustard onto their Chicago-style hot dog before Dijon sprayed ketchup on it to ruin it and the game ending 2-2. Because it's still like a delicious enough hot dog. I'm not like anti-ketchup. Ketchup is not allowed on hot dogs. Yeah, so he just pisses it, it just doesn't work with it. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's Thierry too Henry. sweet. It's weird. Thierry Henry has yet to eat a Chicago-style hot dog, probably. 
But he's also yet to win with Monaco in the last three. So I will say this. My first MLS game, I wanted to see Thierry Henry play for Red Bulls against Chicago. And he got injured the game before. I had already bought my tickets, so I still went. And, and it then was you, a good time. Then you saw him at like a hot dog stand with the hot dog. Shot of the hot dog eating the... Yeah. Yeah. Did you? I, I think he skipped the sport peppers. Oh. Okay. Ooh. Tough call. Tough call. All right. It's now time for us to move into a segment we call Soccer Things. Where Colin dips into the deep, dark corners of the soccer world to bring you stories you won't and shouldn't believe. So... The soccer world was a rife with what in the fuck is going on, why do we have to deal with this questions, when 56-year-old Florida man Cesar Sayoc was arrested for mailing pipe bombs to a number of Democratic notable figures, uh, including uh, former President Obama, uh, former President Bill and uh, his wife Hillary Clinton, um, Terrible, terrible things going on. However, many on the right suggested before, of course, they saw who this guy was, that this might in fact be a false flag operation, that the Democrats were sending themselves bombs in order to make themselves look better. Uh, Once they got a look at Sayoc, they realized probably, probably not. However... Sayak has something very, very strange and specific about him. The fact that he is apparently obsessed with U.S. and college soccer. If you looked at oh, his, God, no. I know. If you looked at his van, along with all of the strange memes that he had taped up in his, it, it kind of looked like an ice cream van. I'm just gonna say that. It looked like it was an ice cream van, but in the back window, he also had a giant U.S. soccer sticker and various screeds about youth development and the top soccer programs in the state of North Carolina. This confused the hell out of me, so I looked into it a little bit more. I don't think you were alone in your confusion. Oh, trust me. Trust me on that. So I looked into it a little bit more. I think there might be a little bit more of this false flag operation shit than we were thinking. You know how I know this? Whenever I come up with a conspiracy like this, I always try and come up with some sort of detail that's probably a little bit too much, because that's what happens in these conspiracies. They go a little bit too far, and that's the way that you get found out. That North Carolina soccer stuff was more detailed than you would find at Top Drawer Soccer. I shit you not, there were some very smart ideas about UNC Charlotte on there. And it made me think to myself, how would a guy mailing bombs to Democratic politicians know that much about the American soccer world? Then it dawned on me, you know who's right next door to where Sayoc mailed these bombs from? The Florida 27th Congressional District. You look very confused, Notch. You look very confused. Guess who's running as the Democrat for that U.S. House seat right now? Former, actually very recent, U.S. soccer board member Donna Shalala. 
who just so happened to be, I kid you not, the Secretary <laughs> of Health and Human Services for Bill and Hillary Clinton. Very tight on all of the health care issues that Hillary was working on. Yes, indeed. Donna Shalala is easily the link to all of this being Clinton-related. Oh, oh my God! I, I feel like I've just been taking the ride of my life. It's it was it was twists and turns all along, and then I mean, can we turn this into a movie? I think we should. I mean, we don't have the budget. Yeah, it's not we, we budget. don't. We yeah. need to have a Patreon like Dave's. I know, and then we'll have the budget. Ha ha ha. Okay. Um. Yeah. Well. Okay. That's uh, that's a bit of news there. Yeah. You know. All right. Just we'll saying. Keep an like, eye on that. Down Shalala. All right, shalala. Oh, isn't there a song that goes shalala? There's probably a lot of songs to do that. I mean, pretty flamingo I, kind of goes like that. It's pretty popular nowadays. What? What's it? All right. Well, with that, it's time for us to say goodbye to yet another episode of We Call It Soccer. But before we do, we should tell the good people where they can find us on Twitter. Caleb, I'm at kolson716. Also, thanks to Tartonics for the use of their song. Lustless is our theme music. They have a new EP out called Four Songs because there's four songs on it. You can find that on Tartonics, MN, that's the Tonics, M as in Minnesota, N as in not M, dot band camp. Is it just dot band camp? It's probably a dot com in there somewhere, but you can find it on band camp. I would love that domain. Just saying. Uh, you can find me at the attachment. Uh, you can find my writings over at E Pluribus Lunum. Trust me, they are far more sensical than you would expect. You can find me at TWO United Fans. You can find this podcast on fine podcast providers everywhere. Please share with your friends. Our usual producer, who is not in today, Nick Rodriguez. Well, you can find his views on soccer and politics at Nick Rodriguez on Twitter. Tell your friends, of course, to listen to We Call It Soccer, as I mentioned before, because we really want more listeners. And come to our live show on November 8th, because we really want you to come and listen to us in person. And with that, we bid you adieu for another seven days. See you next week. Bye-bye. Feed me, feed me.